Hi everyone, I'm John C. Morley, the host of the JMore Tech Talk Show and Inspirations for Your Life. Hey guys, it is John C. Morley here, serial entrepreneur, and you know what you're tuned into, the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Uh, even though I am traveling on vacation, you know I produce these shows all the time, and I never take a vacation from you, my wonderful audience and fans. Uh, so I um, want to let you know we got a great show here, but first I want to do uh, a big shout out of a thank you for my brother's show, um, actually, which is Inspirations of Your Life which is now up to 96, let me make sure I'm getting you the right number because these numbers keep going up. Um, we are now at 98,000, excuse me, 600 downloads on the Inspirations of Your Life show. Wow, that is incredible. I asked for a milestone of 100,000 before Q1. We might hit 100,000 before the end of this year. Uh, so this is really incredible. And I do want to thank you guys for helping uh, the Jay Moore Tech Talk show grow as well. Uh, that show is not a daily show, but still uh, doing pretty well. We're just sitting a little shy of 9,458 uh, downloads. And um, we are doing really, really well. And uh, I got to tell you, I, I am just very happy with... Uh, you know, the shows and how we're growing. And, and I just want to thank all of you very, very much because uh, without you guys, uh, you know, I, I couldn't do this. I could not do this at all. Uh, so just want to let you know the J Moore Tech Talk Show on our new platform, ladies and gentlemen, is right now sitting at, uh, what are we sitting at? Uh, after tonight's show, we'll be at our 17th show. So kudos, kudos, kudos. Thank you very, very much, everyone. Um, for tuning into Inspiration of Your Life and also the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show. Uh, but before we get into the nitty-gritty of, you know, what the show is about, because I know you guys want to know, and I've got some really juicy things I want to share with you, and they're going to maybe blow your mind. So I think uh, you may be a little surprised, but I, hopefully they're going to, um, let's say, educate you in a very unique way. So I'm John C. Morley. I'm a serial entrepreneur, and I am also a podcast host and a podcast coach. And I'm a specialist in helping businesses tell a story that leads to them, you know, basically being able to uh, scale and be more profitable. Now, I typically deal with companies that bring in 10 million or more. And I have to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, that I love finding people's stories, whether that is something they know about or something they don't know about. I really have this real desire and craving to be able to help people. Uh, tell the stories to the world, and also to be truthful, which is telling it from the core of the truth. They may know what the story is. They may not know what the story is, but I'll find what that story is, and I'll reveal the truth to you and to the world and let people be curious about you and then potentially want to do business with you. 
All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, our first, uh, first I'll tell you what the master topic is, everyone. And, you know, whether you're watching us here at 7.40 at night, 7.40 in the morning, 3 a.m., 3 p.m., 12 noon, 12 midnight. So all my shows have uh, a variability of time. We don't have the exact time that we air. Uh, it just depends. But I always promise to get the shows off to you uh, before the night that they're due, before I go to sleep. And that is always a promise. Uh, unless you know, there's something beyond my control, like uh, internet or power or things like that. But we always uh, uh, do very well to do that. I, know I was traveling, I think it was about seven months or a year ago, and I was at a hotel and they had no Wi-Fi. And even my cell phone didn't really want to work. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to go to sleep. I'm, I'm going to just do the program the next morning. And I did. I got up early in the morning and I did the program. And that was the only time we were ever late with one of our shows. So, uh, and that was on Inspirations for Your Life. So again, we produce a lot of shows, as you guys know, and lots of content. In, in case you're wondering, Inspirations for Your Life right now is sitting uh, on quite a few episodes. Um, we are over 98,000 downloads at 98,600. And we're sitting at Inspiration Your Life over 841 downloads. Wow, that's a lot of downloads. And again, downloads, feed streams, we, we consider that all basically the same thing. But I think that is, I have to say, I think that's pretty um, impressive. And uh, we're just growing. We are growing so very fast. And, uh, you know, we're open to you. If you have a small business or a large business and you want to advertise with us, um, you can reach out to us because we're a great place to reach the people you want to do business with. I do want to thank uh, Instagram. We are now on Instagram um, on live streams. So definitely great to be there. And we're hoping to be on TikTok. Hopefully by the end of the year, we have to reach 3,000, ladies and gentlemen, 3,000 um subscribers so once we do that we will be able to um basically stream on um tiktok all right so let's get right into the show shall we so tonight's show ladies and gentlemen is digital decisions and tech tales recap this is the jmore tech talk show and if you guys are wondering ladies and gentlemen i know you're probably wondering uh but this show is currently at yes. Can you believe, ladies and gentlemen, we are on series two, means we're in the second year, and we're on episode number 51. This is a weekly show. All right, let's get right into this. So, uh, how many of you out there have an iPhone? Oh, I do. All right, so um, they released another update. Yeah, another one. Can you believe this? So now they're up to 17.21. I'm just gonna check my phone again and Make sure it didn't change while I'm talking to you because Apple has been releasing so many updates. Um, in, in one breath, I don't really know if this is a great thing uh, that they're doing, but um, right now, so 17.21, if you guys can see it on the screen, you might not be able to see that because of the way the angle is here, but 17.21. And so... The 17.21 just came out recently, and there wasn't a lot stated about, you know, what it fixed. All they said is that it fixed some security issues. They really weren't very forthcoming about what it fixed, uh, but they told everyone that they definitely should update to the 17.2.1. Um, again, I feel that, you know, Apple is rushing these updates um, they're saying it has to do with security breaches. I really don't know the truth about that, but all I know is that I don't think they're putting as much effort 
into these updates and releases as they could. I think they're just haphazarding them. We never used to have this from years ago. And the thing is, the 17.21, ladies and I don't care whether you have an iPhone 15, 15 Pro, 15 Pro Max, or you have a 14 or 13, supposedly 17.21 uh, affected not just the newer generations of iPhones, but also the older generations of iPhones. So I found that to be very interesting. So if you haven't had a chance, ladies and gentlemen, please do back up your phone and please install the 17.2.1. I literally just installed that just the other day, which was Wednesday, and it didn't take very long after installing the rapid update feature, which was about a year ago. The updates seem to install a lot quicker because uh, they have like this special dynamic piece in there that allows the update to take over without having to replace all the code. So I think that's a really cool thing. And so, you know, we've been talking about TikTok for a long time, right? Well, there's an investigation. It reveals concern about TikTok safeguards for child users or better known as minors. And the investigation found evidence suggesting that preferential treatment for potentially underage accounts with special tags. So um, TikTok is definitely going over some scrutiny because of this. The investigation revealed that moderators were instructed to allow users under 13 to remain on the platform if they claimed their parents were managing their accounts. This contradicts TikTok's stated policy that only users age 13 and above are permitted on the platform. Evidence was found that moderators were advised in meetings to allow accounts to stay on the platform if a parent was seen in the background of a video or if the account bio indicated parental management. Now, TikTok, of course, denies these allegations, stating that it is community uh, guidelines uh, apply equally to all content and that it does not allow children under 13 on its platform. The company claims that the allegations are either false or based on misunderstandings and argues that the uh, Guardian has uh, not provided enough information to investigate further. And the investigation also suggests that the potentially underage accounts receive preferential treatment through internal tags, such as top creator label, uh, the race concerns about the platform, moderation practices, and uh, its enforcement of age restrictions. So this could be a big, big problem. So what does this mean? So the regulatory framework, such as the UK's Children's Code and the um, EU Digital Services Act, um, aims to address these concerns, but it's like people are falling, I don't know, like just under this, this, uh, let's say umbrella and EU, in case you guys didn't know, it's the European commission digital, uh, service act. Uh, and it was met with a lot of, uh, political agreement. And so the whole idea of that is to ensure algorithmic transparency and accountability, combating online disinformation, removing illegal content, products and services, and guaranteeing individuals users uh, have more choices with regard to how their data is used and protecting minors by fully banning targeted advertising. So uh, definitely very, very interesting, ladies and gentlemen. But I think, you know, the bottom line is there has to be accountability. Uh, the UK Children's Code, in case you're wondering, uh, is the Age Appropriate Design Code or Children's Code and this came into effect on September 2nd, 2020, so just a few years ago. And the code is applicable to organizations providing online services and products for children up to age 18. And organizations uh, will have a year's time to make the necessary changes to ensure privacy of children um, information that is protected. And the code sets out 15 standards 
that the organizations will have to comply with when providing children with automatic built-in baseline of data protection whenever they download a new app, game, or even visit a website. So this is pretty sticky. And, you know, if we're talking about a lot of big content providers and creators and big tag people on, uh, let's say, TikTok, we know that a lot of this top TikTok content, which is controversial, which is X-rated, etc., cetera, uh, which has even had people doing all kinds of things. Some people even gotten killed from you know, trying to reply to these dares. So I just feel that TikTok has some potential, but I don't think that it's really getting analyzed in the best way. Now, you might say this is all pure conjecture or all misunderstandings, but the question is, if this truly is wrong, then what I want to know is, why are other people still reporting it? If it isn't wrong, I should say, why are other people still reporting it? And so they wouldn't do that. Um, but because nobody really wants to cause a problem, right? So I think TikTok is basically, you know, they're responsible for obviously what's going on. And um, we're going to have to see what's happening because I feel that TikTok's got a lot of explaining to do. Um, you know, according to TikTok's quote, and I quote, we are deeply committed to ensuring that TikTok is a safe and positive experience for people under the age of 18, close quote. It adds, quote, this starts by being old enough to use TikTok. You must be 13 years and older to have an account, close quote. But then why are all these other people getting on TikTok? I mean, maybe they should do what some of the games do, um, you know, where they actually ask a question. Uh, where you have to know the answer. And that was a question based on something that would have been um, when you were born, uh, making you, let's say, 18 or older. And if you didn't, then I remember these games, you always had to ask your friends who were older, well, who was this? And like, are you trying to buy that dumb game again? And you had to answer like three questions within like, I'm going to say like within a minute or two. And if you didn't, you were out. Um, so they said there was no clear evidence of parental supervision of the account and that it had fewer than 2,000 followers. Now, user had DM for collabs in their bio and had a hashtag, TikTok, don't ban me on one of their videos. And TikTok community guidelines states that users must be at least 16 to use direct messages. So in another case, a child who appeared to be under 13 also had top creator label beside their name. And the child had more than 16,000 followers on the platform. So the top creator tag appears on accounts that uh, some moderators have been asked to treat more leniently. Why? Well, because let's face it, that's what's bringing TikTok their money, their revenue. And now children in the EU, EU the European Union, are protected by Block's Digital Service Act, which states that major platforms such as TikTok uh, must put in place measures uh, such as parental controls or age verification that protect children from harmful content and the act also implies that platforms should have a high degree of certainty about a user's age because it prohibits tech firms from using uh, underage people, such 18 and younger, in the order to show them targeted advertisement. And TikTok says it has more than 6,000 moderators in Europe who apply the platform's community guidelines, quote unquote, equally to all content. I don't know if that's really true. Um, so we're going to have to see. So Facebook is subject to this, but 
Facebook's not getting in trouble right now or, or Meta uh, or Instagram, but TikTok is. But we know TikTok has been under scrutiny for a long time. And I don't think there's going to be an end until we really resolve this. So we're going to have to see what happens. All right, guys. So if you were trying to get that Ultra 2, well, I got some bad news for you. Uh, yeah, the Ultra 2, unfortunately, it might be too late to buy an Apple Watch for Christmas because Apple has paused the Ultra 2 Sales 9 sales. Why? Well, Apple's halting sales for two of its new smartwatch models, at least for the time being, because the Apple Watch Series 9 and the Apple Watch Ultra 2 will soon no longer be available for purchase in the United States, with Apple set to drop the device from its website starting at 3 p.m. Uh, just this past week and its retail stores after Sunday. Both versions of the smartwatch launched in September. And the sales pause comes after the U.S. International Trade Commission determined that Apple's blood oxygen feature violated medical technology company Massimo's patent rights. Apple said it intends to appeal the decision to the federal court, arguing that a pause on sales could negatively impact users who rely on Apple Watch safely and their health features. So Apple strongly disagrees with the order and is pursuing a range of legal and technical options to ensure that Apple Watches are available to their customers. Uh, this is a mess. Uh, and the decision comes after the Irvine, California-based Massimo accused Apple of using the blood oxygen tracking technology that a friend on fringed on its patents. And Apple's blood oxygen feature first launched with the Series 6 Apple Watch in 2020. Now, Massimo filed a complaint in 2021, and the U.S. International Trade Commission in October issued orders that would ban Apple from importing and selling watches that use the blood oxygen feature. And the decision to exclude certain foreign-made models of the Apple Watch demonstrate that even the world's most powerful companies must abide by the law. Massimo said in an emailed statement just recently, and Apple has also accused Massimo of infringing patents and filed two lawsuits against the company last year after Massimo launched its own smartwatch. So are other Apple products affected? Well, Apple's website says that the Blood Oxygen app is available on the Apple Watch Series 6 or later, excluding the Apple Watch SE. And the Apple Watch SE will continue to be available for purchase from the Apple's website and U.S. stores. And both the Series 9 and the Ultra 2 watches will still be available for purchase outside the United States. And the ITCs, uh, International Trade uh, Order, would have no impact on Apple Watches that have already been purchased. Now, the company's wearables, home, and accessories uh, brought in more than $9 billion. Let me say that again. $9 billion. That's $9 billion last quarter and about 10% of the total net sales, according to the regulatory filings. Now, Apple stock prices did fall, unfortunately, 0.85% uh, this past Monday, closing the day at 195.89. So the question is, is Apple really responsible? Did they come up with the technology? Did they not come up with the technology? You know, whenever somebody makes money, I think it's always like, they're always trying to go after and see, but who's really at fault here? Is it Apple? Is it Massimo? I mean, who is really the one? I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. All right, guys. So if you have Windows 10, well, Windows 10 support running out, you, ladies and gentlemen, guess what you have? You only have, yes, you basically have this, ladies and gentlemen. You have five choices. Yep, you have five choices. And 
you might be saying to me, John, you know, this sounds a little crazy, but it's not. So the big question is uh, when, because everybody always wants to know this, when does uh, Microsoft uh, Windows N software support end? And according to this, ladies and gentlemen, this is as of right now, Friday, December 22nd, 2023. Uh, it's going to be October 14, 2025. The Windows 10 Home and Pro will follow the modern lifecycle policy and Windows 10 will reach the end of support on October 14, 2025. So can I still use Windows 10 after 2025? Just like in other cases of, you know, Windows 7 back in 2020, Microsoft will completely pull active support for Windows 10 in 2025. And there'll still be access to software, but there won't be any further updates, particularly regarding security. There also won't be any new features added to the software. So people say to me, hey, can I, can I, can I still um, buy Windows 10 support? Um, so that's a great question, ladies and gentlemen. And the thing is, can I still buy Windows 10 support? after support ends. So, um, like I said, you have basically five options. Okay, so let me go through what those options are. You might not like the options, but this is it. First option you have, ladies and gentlemen, you ready? Is, yes, you could just buy a brand new PC. That probably seems like the most, like, smartest thing to do since, your technology of your computer usually uh, gets outdated within five years. So uh, that's, that's one thing you can do is you can actually choose to buy a new PC. The second thing you can do is you can move away from Windows. Okay. You can move away from Windows. And I know that might sound a little bit crazy, but a lot of people have been thinking about moving away from Windows. Uh, here's another interesting one, which I think you guys are not going to like too much. You ready? All right. You can actually pay Microsoft for security updates. What? You heard me. You can pay Microsoft for security updates. So you remember the official support document that we had talked about a while back? Well, the one that says there'll be no new security updates after Windows 10 reaches its end of life. Turns out that's not totally true. Microsoft will indeed continue developing security updates for Windows 10, but they won't be free. And uh, this was announced back um, early December 2023. It will offer extended security options, ESUs for Windows 10, and these subscription-based updates will be available for up to three years. So you really have three more years that you can hang on and still bleed and pay Microsoft for some updates. How much are these paid-for updates going to cost? Microsoft doesn't say. Promising only that future details will be available at a later date. I got to tell you, I think that's a very bad option uh, if you're going to be stuck on that and pay for updates unless you really have to. And the last choice is to upgrade old hardware to Windows 11. You know, that is probably the best thing, but I think it's better to buy a new PC. So upgrading your old hardware, um, you're going to have to make sure you have the TPM chip uh, on your computer, right? The TPM chip. And if the PC doesn't meet the minimum requirements, well, you're kind of going to be up a creek without a paddle. And so that could be a really, really serious problem. All right. So um, how many of you guys uh, 
like traveling, or as you guys know, I just traveled, right? Um, how many people, this is a question for you guys, how many people do you think travel uh, through airports, let's just say in the U.S. on, let's just say Christmas week, all right? Uh, and I'm going to tell you, over this holiday period, 115.2 million Americans uh, travel, according to the United States of America, USA Today. Yeah. So getting people in and out of airports is a little challenging for some people. Unfortunately, I will tell you that um, this number is not going down. And so one of the things that I did several years ago, I was actually online coming to visit my parents in Florida. And um, I think it was about four years ago, roughly. And this guy came up to me. I was on this line, which is going to take several hours in, in Newark Liberty uh, International Airport. And he came up to me. He says, hey, bud, he says that you want to skip the line. I said, excuse me. He says, yeah, you want to skip the line? He says, come with me. He says, uh, uh, I'll let you skip the line today and uh, we'll, we'll give you a free trial. All right, so I come over and I'm like wondering, like, you know, what's this going to cost me? It's not going to cost you anything right now. You're going to get six months free. Said, All right, what, what do I have to do? Just put this information in, take a picture of my eye, fingerprints, and that was it. Scan my boarding pass. It's pretty simple. And then after that, it was like about $189 to $200 uh, per year. So what did I do? I signed up for a company called Clear. Now, Clear is known as the registered travel program um, that allows people to basically skip the line. It's different than TSA because what they do is in the past, they would you know, have you basically um, have it uh, scan your eyes, show your boarding pass. It would give a green and then the agent would take you over to the uh, booth where they would normally check your ID to say, okay, these people are cleared and they let you right through. Unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, um, Clear had some breaches. Did you know that? Yes. Clear, unfortunately, uh, Clear had some security, uh, breaches and, you know, you might say, well, gee, you know, and, and, and Clear seems like it's pretty much on the right, you know, on the right track to what they're doing. Um, but the thing is back, I think it was around August 18, 2023. The uh, TSA uh, decided to make plans to require clear users to show IDs amid crackdowns on security breaches. And so I get that. Um, now, the thing is, clear was meant to be easy and simple. But the problem was some of their staff was actually taking people through um, without even having them validated. So the TSA, which is the Transportation Security Administration, announced it's moving towards requiring all passengers, including those utilizing the clear program, uh, a private service designed to expedite travelers' passage through airport security checkpoints. Oh, great. But to stop and present their identifications to TSA officers. Now, the uh, eventual requirement will be phased in over time, according to the agency. So um, what they're doing right now is you're still showing, like, you're still showing uh, basically uh, information to the camera. But now they're saying they may want to go through a second check so that when you get brought to the to the TSA officer, that you're going to have to flag your um, ID. This is what they're saying. So what they're trying to do now, this is what they're trying to do. Um, they're trying to move to a new type of uh, recognition. 
But the thing about Clear is that uh, Clear, unfortunately, um, is not being very transparent about what they're doing. Okay. And so, you know, they didn't tell people about the, the, the breaches they had. So the Clear Registered Travel Program is going to start to begin using facial recognition technology as airport security lanes over the course of 2024. Now, I got into the lane at the airport. I was there plenty uh, of time before my flight. My flight was taking off at like nine something at night. And I was at the security checkpoint. I think I was there like around 6 p.m. I wanted to be there in plenty of time. So I got to the clear lanes and it was a little bit of a hassle because this guy said, hey, wait, buddy. He said, I got to scan your phone. I'm like, why? So that was something new. He had to scan my, my boarding pass when I went into the clear lane. Then there was a wait. I, I'll tell you, I've never waited this long clear. I would tell you I was online for at least 20, 25 minutes, which was like more than it would take regularly to get through the lines. Now that day would take a couple hours, but the reason for this um, long line, and of course, they don't share anything. So clear as a company is not transparent. And for that, I give them a thumbs down. There are some thumbs up for clear, but the big thumbs down is that they're not being transparent about what they're doing. So they said that they're going to be upgrading people to the new next gen identity plus, but they don't tell you what it is. They don't explain it. They just say that, you know, it's going to make things more secure, but they're not transparent about it. So, this is going to replace the company's current biometric identification system, which relies on the iris and the fingerprint checks. So the changeover is taking place as clear has come under, as you guys know, political fire following the uh, revelation of the three security breaches. Uh, one in June, the TSA said that it would eventually require clear members to present identification at airport checkpoints in which the TSA has installed new ID identification technology, which verifies a passenger's identity and flight itinerary with ID only. Uh, mandating ID checks upon clear members would be a blow to biometrics company, which sells the $189 to $200 annual membership with the promise that members won't wait in line to show identification. But in a statement over the summer, clear said that it had been developing a workaround in cooperation with TSA since 2020 that would digitally transmit all clear members identifying information to TSA hardware. Uh, a clear spokeswoman said Monday that Next Gen Identity Plus is the result of that collaboration. The new ID verification system will validate identity documents back to the issuing source, uh, they had said. And on their website, Clear said that the new technology will provide a fast experience for members by eliminating the need for them to stop at a kiosk for the ID check. Quote, they said, our vision is to keep you moving through the clear lane where you don't break the stride, the website had said. Um, for nearly 19 million existing clear members, the conversion to the new system requires them going through a one-time identity authentication. So to do this, uh, members are prompted by email beginning November 30th. But if you didn't do that, like I didn't bother when I got to the airport, I had to go through the upgrade. So the upgrade first of all, required me to take a picture, uh, of myself. And then after that picture was validated, then I had to show them my license. And then that upgrade the system. And so basically what this is doing is they present a state ID, driver's license or passport and pose for an updated photo at a clear enrollment kiosk. And the conversion is free. But here again, clear, I don't think clear is being transparent to its customers. So let me say this again. Clear is not being transparent 
uh, to its customers. And um, I feel that what Clear wants doesn't seem bad, but it does seem that right now they're just trying to jump through hoops just to be able to stay alive. So my question is, is the information they're transmitting really secure? I mean, is it going to go to the appropriate people or are we looking at a problem because I don't even trust the TSA. We all know the government's been hacked so many times. So why should I trust this technology, right? I mean, why? Why would you trust this technology? And so I feel that this new, it's called the Clear uh, Next Gen uh, Identity Plus, I believe that's what they call it. And it's supposed to make things better. So according to the clear, uh, clearme.com website, so there, it's called clearme is, is the thing. So if you actually go to the website, in case a lot of people say to go to clear.com, well, clear.com, ladies and gentlemen, is not going to get you to the same spot. Clear.com is actually a domain that is for sale. So clearme.com is actually the website for clear. So clear next-gen identity plus. So it's supposedly the highest fidelity digital identity unlocking physical and digital experiences for their members in the airport and beyond. And they say they're excited about even more predictable, friction-free experiences that next-gen identity plus will unlock for their members. And of course, enhanced security uh, that it will provide. So again, to upgrade, uh, clear members will receive their free upgrade to next-gen identity plus in a few steps. They can click the unique link emailed to them. Uh, if prompted, um, they can bring their ID um, that's valid um, to the airport the next time they fly. Uh, they can bring their passport if they want. Uh, how do I know the one-time password email came from Clear? That's a big question. So all Clear Plus members will receive an email with an invitation to verify their phone number using a one-time password. The email will come to the address associated to their Clear account and will come from notice at info.clearme.com. So now they're not only asking you for your um, your ID, your picture, and they want a cell phone. So is this upgrade required? Unfortunately, gentlemen, yes, it is. Uh, members will need to upgrade the Clears Next Agenda Plus, and this will power Clears Lane of future rolling out over 2024. Uh, it is different from the idea Clear has on file. So Clears Next Gen Identity Plus will be the highest fidelity digital identity and the enhanced standards built on the multi-factor enrollment process and now includes data directly from issuing source. So why are they doing this again? Like I'm saying, Next Identity Plus will unlock clear lane of the future, and the clear lane of the future will be rolling out, like I said, over 2024. It will allow Clear Plus members to verify their identity with their face instead of their iris or their fingerprints for a fast verification to keep them moving quickly through the lane, and their vision is to keep you moving through the clear lane where you don't break your stride. My only problem is they never explained to me that they were doing this. All they said is we're taking a picture. So I feel that I don't trust this company. That's my only concern. Um, once you've upgraded, you receive an email confirming it. Um, of course, anybody else in your family has to upgrade as well. Um, you share a mobile phone with another clear member. What do I do? In order to upgrade to next and identity, all members must enter a personal mobile number associated with their name. So that's another issue. What if you don't have a cell phone? Um, 
this is a concern for me because I'm just concerned that Clear is going to do the right thing. Um, the biggest, the big thing I liked about Clear is that they weren't sharing data. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. It's like I suddenly, I don't want to say I lost trust, but it's like I lost trust a little bit in them because what they did is they basically changed the whole thing around and they didn't bother to tell anybody like what they were doing. And so I feel that's a big thing. And you might be saying to me, John, it's not, but anytime somebody takes your data, I want to know what they're doing with that data. See, that that's a big, big concern of mine. And when you try to go to like their website, if you click on, so learn more about it, it just takes you next year. But if I try to do like, I'll say like, you know, corporate headquarters, let's just say, uh, of clear me. And you're going to find out that the clear headquarters and office locations is in New York. Um, again, my concern is who owns clear me. So in 2010, Karen and Ken Kornick acquired clear out of bankruptcy and grew it into a global company with 55 plus airports, hundreds of partners, and more than 18 million verified users nationwide. Ken Kornick is the president, CFO, and co-founder of Clear. Um, is Clear owned by the TSA? No, Clear is owned by a private company, while TSA PreCheck is a government program. So that's the other thing I like, is that it is not owned by the government. And so my only big concern is, uh, you know, will clear will will clear me um, share my personal information? And the big thing is, it says they will never sell or rent your personal information. Uh, will they share it with the government? Uh, it says they will never share it. Will they share my information with the TSA? Uh, it says they will never sell or rent your personal information under the law, but does, you know, it says we may disclose information we obtained about you if law or legal process requires us to do so. So again, my question is, who does clear me share information with? I just feel that they're not being transparent. This is the best thing I can say to you guys. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't feel that they're explaining this um, information. Um, I feel that a lot of things they could have done, they could have said, hey, you know, we're upgrading you to face ID. They didn't bother to say anything like that. So I have to tell you that I've lost a big amount of trust with Clear. Okay. I've lost a big amount of trust with Clear. And that is a, that's a big problem. Are people, are people losing trust in clear? Um, I have to say they're getting frustrated. So people have asked this question is clear useless. So, um, a lot of people like myself are still paying customers. 
but a lot of people see the fact that you didn't just jump the line. You know, I think that's pretty cool. Uh, people say clear is a waste of time. Why is it completely worthless? Well, there are so many people in clear. They told us uh, for the U.S. regular line, honestly, one person said, I would be 100% not recommend this anymore. In the morning, clear individuals are not present. In the afternoon, they are so busy, they are closing the line to stop people from entering. It defeats the purpose of clear. So my feeling is I think clear is going to have to really step up their game or I think clear is going to go out of business. I think what they're doing is great, but I find that it's not as quick as it used to be. You know what I'm saying? And I know you're probably asking like how and why and when. And I think the biggest thing that I'll tell you is that they've changed. They've changed because the government is forcing them um, to basically, basically it's forcing them to, to do this next step. Okay. That, that's probably, uh, the biggest thing I can tell you. Um, but you know, the question is like how and when and, and what's going on. And, and, and I'll tell you that it might seem crazy, uh, about what they're doing. And I know that they're definitely trying to do some stuff. Don't, don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I think they're trying to do some, some, some incredible stuff, but I feel that they might be going down the wrong pathway. Okay. And by going down the wrong pathway, it's because the system might not be able to handle the process as quickly as they expect. I mean, I don't know about you, but it takes a little while and they don't have enough people. They had one or two people at the airport. And I found most of the people that were checking you in rude. The other people were okay, but oh, they, they just seem like something that it's going to annoy a lot of people. I'll keep using it as long as I can keep hopping the line. But if I see the line is going to get, um, let's say, you know, it's not going to be any better, then I'll just quit. But I think in the beginning it was good, but I think right now their technology is starting to become inferior. They were great in the beginning. Maybe it's this upgrade process. Who the heck knows? But all I know right now is that this company is either going to take it to the next level, they're going to have a major security attack, or they're potentially going to go out of business. That's what we're going to see in the next six months to a year. Is this new next-end security solution really worth it? Or the big question I want to ask everyone, and I want to ask this, will ClearMe go out of business? And I don't know. They do more than just airports, you know what I'm saying? Um, but the question I want to ask is, is um, is this something that is going to really work for people? Or is it just going to be a waste? And, you know, you have TSA pre-check, which is a little bit different. Um, I think the general concept of what they want is great. 
but I feel that they might be missing the mark in over-promising and under-delivering. And that's the worst thing you can have. All right, guys. I am John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur. I want to take this opportunity to wish you guys a very happy, a very healthy, a very amazing holiday season with you and your family. And I also want to take this opportunity, of course, uh, to encourage you over uh, the last few days as, as, as we get uh, into the holiday for celebrating Christmas. Um, you know, Christmas is going to be here very soon. If you are celebrating Christmas, uh, by the way, uh, happy belated Kwanzaa, happy belated uh, Hanukkah, uh, happy Kwanzaa. And I feel if you could just understand that, you know, technology is not good. It's not bad. It's how we as people choose to use that technology. And although the technology of, of uh, clear has a lot of potential, I think right now the biggest challenge we're finding is that they might have missed the mark for what it actually can and can't do. So again, I'm John C. Morley, serial entrepreneur, uh, host of the Jay Moore Tech Talk Show, and also the host of the uh, Inspirations for Your Life. And I am, ladies and gentlemen, a podcast host and a podcast coach. And I'm a specialist in helping businesses tell their stories so they can be able to scale and, of course, be more profitable. Now, I typically deal with companies that bring in 10 million or more, and I love to help people find the true root of their story. All right, everyone. Again, very happy, healthy holidays uh, with you. I hope you have a wonderful time with your friends, family, and loved ones. And I hope you cherish the moments and create some amazing memories. And I'm going to catch you guys one more time before the end of this year, which that's right, next Friday, uh, December 29th. Have a good one, everyone, and be well.